So this is tentatively Mass Monsters episode seven. What does tentatively mean? Tentatively. What does that mean? Are you asking me like what it means in this context? Yeah, or like in this what? Con- no, in uh, this context. I thought you meant like what does the word tentatively <laughs> mean? I'm like, what? Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean in this con? Like, what does that mean in this context? No, I'm just saying we just finished episode six and now we're just letting the camera roll and just ripping, seeing what we're talking about. Yeah, but like, why use tentatively? Just saying, like, I don't know if we end up not posting it. Like, if we've decided, like, nothing... Who are you nope. trying to impress with these SAT words? <laughs> I'm just saying, like, if we if we use no... If there's no constructive dialogue that, like, benefits our audience... Dude, all we do is constructive dialogue. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you know, if 30 minutes goes by and we ain't say anything <laughs> to help anybody, I'm not posting this online. Wait, since when are we in this to help people? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to make money. <laughs> First, man, help me first. <laughs> Yo, that's crazy. That was so funny, bro. I, I had like, it was so I had a meeting with Shannon yesterday, scheduled at five thirty a.m. before the six a.m. session, and um, and I like walk in, you know, like first couple minutes, I got my hoodie on, like um, so we canceled the meeting because I met with her Monday night anyway. So I walk in like at six to the session, got my hoodie on. I'm just like mad tired. It's like a little colder out in the morning now. I'm not getting used. I'm not this used Tuesday to it yet. Morning? No, this was yesterday, Thursday. Thursday. Okay, okay. And then Tuesday Shannon's morning. like, Shannon's like, come on, Dan, like wake up, like you got an extra thirty minutes of sleep because I, because I didn't make you come in at five thirty. And I was like, Shannon, you think you're my only client? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, think you mattered that much. I was <laughs> like, I got. Fifty, <laughs> like I got a lot of people keeping me awake. <laughs> Standing in the rooms, like, what do I say to this kid to get through to him? No, seriously though, some kids are like that. You know, like you notice, like some kids are mental cases. Some kids don't care. Some people care too much. You know, you you get a you get a wide variety for sure. Yeah, like it is. It's tough to say which one would you. What would you rather have? A kid that just doesn't care, or a kid that cares way too much? It's hard to tell because, like, for me, I think, like, right now, what I'm kind of seeing at, at Southern, right, is, like, taking that kid that, like, wasn't super bought in or wasn't super talented um, and just, like, kind of ended up at Southern and then, like, making javelin and, like, throwing and training, like, so fun for him that he just, like, falls in love with it. And, like, that's what I've seen with Nevin and Jordan a lot. Is like Jordan was talented enough to go Division One, but because he wanted to play football and stay local, he ended up with at Southern, which was a blessing for me. Um, and then Nevin was kind of like that kid that wasn't talented enough to like go like any higher. You know, division like Southern was probably his like cap. But then now it's like, all right, three years later, he's a sixty meter thrower. You know, and it's like, but seeing how like they cared like they didn't care about Javelin at all when they first got there. And then seeing that passion develop to now Jordan, like quit football to do this full time with me now. And like seeing that fire come out of him last year when he went from winning the national championship to then getting fourth and just seeing like that drive, even that drive, like I saw in him, like after at Mount Sac, when we went out to California and competed against the best in the nation and he got ninth. So we made the final, but he didn't like really do too. He didn't do crazy well. He didn't do bad either. But just saw that fire of like, all right, these guys are like 
better than me. Like, I need to, like, improve. Like, I need to quit football. Like, I need to dedicate my life to this. And it's like, that's not a decision I could have made for him. Mm. Obviously, I wanted that from the start. But that was something he had to do on his own. And the same thing with Nevin. Like, Nevin, like, fell in love with training and weightlifting and stuff like I did. And it took him a little while to kind of, like, fall in love with the actual sport aspect of it. But, um, you know, he's starting to, like, really love throwing too because I think he's starting to realize, like, oh, shoot, like, you know, if I don't end up throwing in grad school or, or post-collegiately, then, like, you know, this could be my last year throwing javelin and being on a team and stuff and, like, competing as an athlete. Like, I could always lift later on. So, like, this year I've seen a big shift in him. And then I see the same thing with, like, the four freshmen of, like, seeing them, like, how they don't care about javelin right now. But, like, you know, like, obviously they care, like, a little yeah. bit, but their level of buy-in isn't, isn't there. But, like, I'm excited to hopefully make it so fun for them that they buy in a lot. Right. That's their whole life yeah. at one point. Yeah. We see that with a couple of our clients that we have now. Like, Chris Profio is probably just the best example of that. Yeah. So you see that, like, total life change. Yeah. Like, my man comes in every day. Yeah. Like, I think he's at the point where he does a little bit too much now. Mm-hmm. You got to reel him back. He's like, bro, you yeah. need a rest day. A little <laughs> like, bit of, like, yeah. I, believe me, I respect the grind. Like, I'm happy you're here. But you need to just do, like, a mobility day. Yeah. Like, you don't need to slam a bang for this. I was like, please don't. Yeah, yeah, please. mobility day, 300 milligrams. Yeah, like, I was like, please just relax one time. Like, or just focus on some type of schoolwork. <laughs> like, just do your class. Like, you're also in, like, you're also getting ready for basketball season. Like, you don't need to lift three times a day. Yeah. He was like, chill. But, like, a year ago, it was a completely flipped conversation. Yeah. It was like, you need to be in the gym more. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, like, like you need to do more than what you're doing, like just with me yeah. type of thing. It took a full, it's like a complete 180 change. So I would rather that, to be honest, like I would rather have people that work really hard that you would try to bring back down to earth. You're like, listen, like the more, like, cause I was like that. I was like the overachiever. Yeah, like I really wanted that's to That's how work. it was too. And one of my base, the baseball, head baseball coach at Springfield was like the best, like you want to know the best hitting drill you can do. And he goes, and I go, what? Like, obviously, I want to do it because like, all I would do is extra swings. He's like, put the bat down. <laughs> he literally told me, like, stop swinging. He was like, literally, just put the bat in your bag and go home. <laughs> like, I, it got to that point with me where he literally told me to stop practicing. Yeah. Because I was just so, like, mentally invested into it. And, like, that's all I want. But you get to a point where like, if that's all you care about and it doesn't go the way you want it, like, it's easy to be like, yeah. I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah, that was, that's how I, I was. And at one point, like I completely got in my own way and was all in my own head. And that was because I had that three year period where all I did was train and work out and not compete. And that allowed me to just, you know, I was running my own practices, pretty much running my own programs and stuff. And like, I was being my own coach and then coaching Nevin and Jordan. And then I was like, you know, really just trying super, super hard to make it work, coming back from the surgery and whatnot. And I had a lot of like low points where I was just really frustrated with myself because I wasn't getting that result that I wanted. Um, But then like, I remember like last year, there was a point where, you know, I told Nevin and Jordan too, I was like, yo, you guys are getting older now. Like it's going to be harder to improve. Like you're not just going to have like a five to seven meter improvement just because, you know, you got your power clean and your squat up and, you like got a little bit more mobile, you know, it's like now the technical focus becomes much more important 
and it's a lot harder to improve like meters on meters like by you know making technical adjustments than it is like when you're first learning and then you're like oh you just have this breakthrough and so I was like you know it's going to take a lot more effort out of YouTube to like improve and like you know working at Upwards full-time like I only go to Southern two days a week now but the first two years when I was on the team with them it was I was there every day with them and so I was like it's going to take more responsibility and then it was like a couple meets into the year neither of them had PR'd and I like I I was at practice and I was like like yo you guys I told you at the beginning of the season like it was going to take more out of you and like how many times have you guys come to practice to on your own like after hours to do more mobility or to do more approach work or to do more medicine ball work or to just put in that extra level of work and they were like you know they hadn't done it and I was just like you know you guys are like wasting the opportunity in front of you and I was like you know I led by example when I was here and now it's like I'm taking a step back and it's up to you guys to decide if you want to take it to the next level and like I got like emotional at practice because I was like dude like you know do you guys not care you know what I mean so that was tough for me but it was just like one of those experiences where I was like you know they, they got to decide on their own and you know and they have and they really really stepped it up after that and you know I think that you know because this year they improved both like by two meters which is good but not like the year before where they went up like five and seven mm -hmm. you know so it was a little bit of a reality check to them too of like you know okay like it's gonna take more effort and like um doing more work like over the summer and like on their own and stuff like that has been huge um I think, like, in terms of upward clients, I've seen a lot of kids, like, uh, be very good at, like, really locking in, like, one aspect of training, um, like, getting a lot better at speed or a lot better at lifting or a lot better at the diet. There's very few, I would say, that I've seen that have made, like, the full lifestyle switch, like, like Chris has or, like, Peyton, I would say, too, you know. Um, that is the tough, like... It's harder to see the full lifestyle change in the private sector, especially if they're only coming like two times a week for an hour for an hour. You know, like that is like that's one of the drawbacks is that your impact as a coach is limited. Yeah. Like even like kids that do like one time a week, like you really think I'm going to have that much of an impact on you for that one hour. Like I'm going to try. Yeah. But there you have two or three other coaches in your life that you see much more often and you have your parents and you have your friends and you go to school. You have your teachers. Like, your teachers. Like you have so many other people that are just telling you like either wrong information or information that's not going to help you that when you're there for just an hour, you're like, I hope something sticks. Like, and it's going to, yeah. it just delays yeah. that process. That's like, what I mean. Like it's, so uh, much it's further. it is tough to see that, you know, like, like there are certain kids that like do a great job on the nutrition program and have great in body progress. And then they still, like, a year later aren't super strong or aren't super fast. And then there's other ones that, you know, I've seen make a lot of progress in the weight room. And then I'm checking in with them on the app, and it's just, like, all blank. And I'm, like, you know, trying to, like, find that. Let me know when you want to be great. Yeah, <laughs> basically. But that's why I try to – I say, like, um, you know, I still – I think I am still looking for that kid that I have to, like, tell him to tone it back. Like, I don't think I've really gotten to that point yet yeah. with anyone that I've had to say, like, do less, you know, um, which, I mean, I think a lot of it could just be because of inexperience. Like, I've only been doing it a year and a half, you yeah. know, or a, 
would say decide, like at upward only been coaching a year and a half so yeah. I think the longer I do it eventually I'll find that kid but you know still haven't really found any athlete yet that I've like had to had him scale it back really you know yeah. Gannon, Gannon just the first person that comes to my mind because like his physical transformation from high school like he was at St. Joe's and then went to choke and played and his physical transformation was ridiculous and someone like that you would expect to have like a lot higher level of confidence like within himself like especially playing football but that was like a big thing like that was like one of his main constraints was just believing that he can perform and mm. do stuff on his own and it was like bro you're you're a beast like you just gotta go play like i stopped thinking about everything like, mm. he was the defense that showed his secret here like if he wasn't on there like their defense was nothing because he knew all the plays inside and out because that's yeah. how much he cared about it so like obviously that aspect helps but sometimes you just got to ball out and just get after it and not worry about like what you look like or what other people think which he started to figure out closer towards the end of the summer i think because it, it that that was me i was like that's like i saw a lot of myself in gannon gannon's a much better athlete than me. <laughs> Way, way stronger, way faster. <laughs> like, yeah. like every everything is like, but like the way he approached it was like needed to do more, needed to be better. Yeah, I was like, bro, like pretty good. I was like, you, yeah. you need to just get out of your own head. I was like, I, it's crazy because like you have your opinion on yourself, and then when that opinion gets kind of reflected outside of you, and you, like, you can see it in someone else. I don't know if you've ever had that experience, but like everything that he would talk to me about. And like just how his thought process was, there were, there were multiple moments where I'm like, holy shit, it's like I'm literally talking to myself. I like it's it was a scary thing. I was like, I went I went through this exact same scenario. Yeah. And like it wasn't as like weird to think about. It was like he was telling me certain things. I'm like, well, this is what I did. Yeah. It's the same, like completely different sports, completely different backgrounds. Like his background is much more like, like it's his background is much different than mine, but it's just like growing up and like wanting to be a high performer and wanting to succeed so badly to the point where it actually limits you. Yeah. I'm like, dude, that's, that was me. That was yeah. Me. That's like the paralysis by analysis. My coach at Southern used to say that I, I would have that a lot. And like looking back at it too, like it definitely screwed me up in football as well. Where like learning the plays or like, you know, reading pass coverage or whatever it was, I was just like over analyzing, overthinking and just, like, I wish I was just a little bit more, like, instinctual. And that's yeah. actually, like, I made a post today. I haven't released it yet. I'll, by the time this podcast comes out, I'm sure it'll be out. But it's just about, like, how coaching Jordan my senior year kind of, like, changed my whole, like, view on how athlete, like how like high-level athletes can perform because I was always, like, that drill instructor of, like, you know, you need to get fired up. You need to like give it your all. You need to go hundred percent. Like you need to like care. You need to be locked in super serious all the time. And then Jordan is just so relaxed and yeah. like so goofy at practice. And just like, you know, he gets to work and he takes like criticism and coaching very, very well. And he can apply it very fast and has like really good muscle memory, but he's just so relaxed and so calm that, he's able to apply it and like not overthink about it. Yeah. You know, it's just like he goes based off feel. And that's what I was, I'm trying to incorporate more into my coaching now is especially in terms of throwing is like, yes, this like kind of moving the, the person's like, like legs and arms in the way, like how it's supposed to feel. And then like 
just explaining like the feel behind it rather than just using cues all the yeah. time. And like, that's what Jordan does great of is just like, you could just see it's so natural for him to just stay relaxed and like calm under pressure and just like, you know, just have fun with it and stay yeah. loose. Is he know? Dominican? No, he's uh, half black and half white. Okay. I don't know if he was Dominican at all. Cause just cause uh, baseball is getting like, yeah. overrun by the DR, like people in the yeah, DR, yeah. but like you watch them practice and then you watch like a stereotypical like Americanized practice and it's complete night and day. Yeah. Like, like Dominican, like they got they got Bad Bunny playing. Like they're they're dancing and like walking up to the plate. They're having a good time. They'll be out there for five hours, like hitting rocks with sticks. And but they're just ha- and then they're actually play, but like they would play stickball. Yeah. But they're just so loose and relaxed and they're yeah. having fun. But then you go see the Americanized baseball, it's like military camp, like everyone's wearing the same exact thing, everyone's falling in line, they're doing the exact same thing, drill after drill, everything's robotic, mechanic, like there's no fluidity within yeah. the session at all, like everything's structured out and planned to a T. And I think that's like a main reason why like all the stud talent now that comes up is from the Dominican Republic or the Latin American countries is because they just have one way much more swagger than us. <laughs> they just, yeah. They just, but then they also like yeah, it's that walk, you know. And like, it's that basketball walk. It is, no, basketball walk is completely <laughs> different. Basketball walk is they no, walk. I hate the basketball. They walk. walk. They walk with a limp. They like <laughs> with the slides. Yeah, just the slides. dragging their feet. Slides backpack the the headphones at the top. It's so funny. Twenty minutes late to class. <laughs> yeah. Sour Patch Kids. So, oh my God, Sour Patch Kids, the Red Mountain Dew, and then gummy bear like or uh, uh, the Doritos. Yeah, their their diet they the worst like worst diet in the world, but they would give you like forty any night. If they yeah. just go out and play. Like they they would go into the game five minutes before tip off, finish in a bag of yeah. Cool Reese like do, do one warm up dunk, and then be like, all right, I'm good. That's like who is it, Carmelo Anthony or AI who like went to a club like the night before? Like, AI had game. to. AI AI had to go to a club. There's actually a funny story about AI. Is that he got banned from his coaches going out to clubbing for two weeks. And it was the worst two weeks of his career, like statistically by far, like everything was down and they were like, all right, you can go out. He went out and then the next day he dropped 50. (laughs) (laughs) He had one of his best career nights after the two week ban. And they're like, keep doing what you do. Like James Harden does that. James Harden goes out, like he goes to strip clubs and stuff all the time. (laughs) He goes out and parties and, but then he comes in and he can drop 60 points. Yeah. Like everyone's a little bit, I mean, obviously we're not condoning going out and partying and clubbing the night before a big game. Yeah. But there's something to it. Like that's where I forgot Austin Yoakum or someone might've said it on a podcast, but it's like, you know, if you, if you give somebody right, that, that acts like that, right. That's like relaxed. They like to party. They're good at their sport. They're not like, they don't have like a super high work ethic, but like they are, you know, relatively disciplined, but they like to have fun. If you were to give them like a super strict, like diet, like meal plan or something, and like it had to be like all natural or like grass fed and like really like everything like perfect, that that and it was foods that they didn't like, right? Say, so, but but the foods would like make them perform better. It's like them stressing out about having to eat these foods that they hate would probably make them perform worse than yeah. if they just ate a Big Mac or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? If they just ate the Big Mac and like left them alone, they would be relaxed and that's how they like to compete and that's what they're used to versus like forcing them to eat a certain way yeah. and like 
have them be stressed out Look, about Chad it. Chad Ochocinco I mean? ate McDonald's before every game. Yeah. Like, that was his diet. Yeah. It was just, it was like, I forgot, it was like two quarter pounders with cheese and a large fry yeah. and a vanilla shake. And That's he would crazy. Go, yeah, he would just go play after that. <laughs> yeah. Like, Dude, it, it, they're high-level athletes for a reason. Like, Marshawn Lynch ate Skittles on the sideline. Yeah. Like, there's, like, I love, like, the science and exercise science part of everything. Like, just because that's where my mind goes. And you can, it goes back to just, like, watching, like, what the athlete does. And, like, seeing how they perform. Yeah. Like, Michael Jordan, it was, like, a mind-blowing thing. But before games, would eat, like, a big steak. Because he felt fatigued in the fourth quarter because he didn't have enough food in him. But all the science was coming out saying... You don't want to eat that much protein before because it's slower digesting. You want quick, fast carbohydrates. But the way Michael played was so intense and aggressive that he depleted himself in the first half. Yeah. So, so like, he wanted something slower to digest. Yeah. yeah. So like, but that at the Kept time, like Tim Grover talked about in his book Winning, is like that's a that was a like a whole shift. Like that was complete. Like, that was not what they were doing at all. Yeah. That's where like I I had like a a great like mind blown effect too one time when I was like really really like locked into my diet and i was like tracking all my calories and like when i was like really shredded um i was watching like a video of like some professional athletes and like what they eat and stuff and they were just talking about how like they like would eat like fast food every once in a while or like what they like to get and it was like you know like some like miami dolphins like football players and stuff like dbs and whatnot and they like didn't eat like clean or perfect and i was like what like these guys like these guys eat fast food like they go out to eat like that's crazy like they don't track their calories like they don't just have like a nutritionist like handing them everything all the time i just i i couldn't wrap my mind around it i'm like why would you not you know you're at the highest level like you have the funds and the resources and whatnot like why would you just not take full advantage of that and like just eat the most clean stuff you know and then i just realized that like a lot of those people that are at that level just are really physically talented and yeah. freaks at their sport. And, you know, like the, the diet for them, as long as they're, you know, within, you know, obviously the diet can make or break you to a certain extent, but to some people it might be just like splitting hairs. Yeah. That is funny to think about. Like, it's either you have it or you don't. At that, at that level, like, yeah. it, you can't look at high level, like, NFL athletes as like your normal day-to-day people yeah like obviously you would never suggest McDonald's as like a pre-workout meal to any of our clients yeah exactly but it's it, it's that mental thing that you're talking about like the stress like you know just if they want to have a Big Mac just go eat a Big Mac and then go play and then they perform really well if it got to a point where it would hinder their performance that's when like the nutritionist should come in yeah like, like Eddie Lacy <laughs> Eddie Lacy's freaking fridge bro he's yeah, he, he doesn't. He does not move like a yeah. running back. That's why I'm kind of more like I lean more towards like in terms of athletic performance now. I think there's a time and a place to be like really dialed in and really strict um, when you're trying to achieve a certain goal, whether mm-hmm. it's to lean out or bulk. But if you're trying to like maintain and just go based off performance, like you don't need everything to be perfect all the time. You don't yeah. need to eat like super clean all the time. Like you know, you could be a little bit more relaxed as long as you're hitting like a lot of protein and making sure that you're um, eating enough to fuel your workouts. I think that that's like a big, been a big mindset shift of mine where it used to be like everything clean all the time, everything dialed in all the time, everything like tracked all the time, which I think is, there's nothing wrong with that. But I just think that like, it doesn't make 
Like, that's not going to improve my throwing more than just, like, me taking the time and the effort away from doing that and putting that towards, like, technical work. Like, the technical work will win, like, 10 out of yeah. 10 times. You know what I mean? Like, me being – that's what I'm realizing now, too, is, like, because my throwing is at an all-time high right now, and I'm retired, and I throw – or not retired, but, like, I'm not in college anymore. And I, I, I throw, like, one to two times a week. Um, and it's not my main focus anymore. Like work and my coach, my athletes are my main focus. And, um, but my throwing is at an all time high because I'm more intentional about my technical work. And it's like, yeah, I might be 15% body fat right now. And I was 12 back then, but like the extra 3% body fat, it's like, doesn't really make that big of a difference. Cause right now my body is in much better throwing shape and my technique is much better and my confidence is much higher than it was. Mm. It's so like those three things are going to make a much bigger difference than the 3% body fat that I gained. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like I did intentionally put on weight, right? Because I'm, I'm trying to be 225 at a lower body fat percentage, right? So like I've talked about it, like that's the goal for next summer, but you know, still working on it. Toby. Yeah. Less PB and J's. Yeah. I, I started tracking my calories again yesterday. Uh, yeah, Just for to me, be like more intentional about it. For me, the tracking calories, like I did it for a little bit, but it just got to the point like that stress thing. Like, I would rather just eat the same thing every day. Like people ask me all the yeah. time if I get sick of just like the bowl of bison and frozen blueberries on the side. I'm like, no, like, yeah. I can eat that literally every day. Yeah. Like it's perfect for me. Like I know how much pro. I know exactly what the macros are of like what it needs to hit. Like I only care about the protein really. Yeah. It's like 92 to 94 grams of protein in that bowl. <laughs> if I eat that once a day, I'm halfway to my goal. Yeah. So like, I, and then I just filter in through the rest of the day of just like protein bars or the, the Greek yogurts or like another like half pound of chicken, like whatever I have really. Yeah. Like that's why I like don't want to overcomplicate and like measure like a specific amount. Yeah. Like that's I would where... rather, I would rather not eat cereal like just completely cut it out of my diet, then measure like the exact yeah, amount. Yeah. I no, would I, eat. I agree with you. That's where like I, when I do it, like right now, what I'm doing is like I'm doing it like the night before, right? So it's like I'm, I'm looking at like what my day looks like, what my schedule looks like for the next day, and I plan it all out. That way, I eliminate the guesswork. Yeah. Because like for me especially, it's a little. I mean, it's a little different. A lot of times, like I'm back and forth between Southern and stuff. Like today, I was prepared to leave my house at 5.30, not get home until 7 or 8 at night because it's wake up, session at Upward, practice at Southern, couple more sessions at Upward, podcast, you know? So it's an all-day thing, so I have to, like, pack my food with me. So, like, I'll just, like, plan it out ahead of time. It's, like, got two things of ground beef with... Um, spaghetti. Yeah, with spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, that's... And then, like, pre-workout, I'll have my, my two pancakes protein pancakes with peanut butter and then i have like my greek yogurts as a snack and then my six eggs for breakfast and it's like that's good for me for today because the days i'm at southern i work out for like three hours so yeah. it's just like i plan it ahead based on like you know the activity the schedule all that type of stuff um and then i i know not to eat more or less you know yeah so um that's kind of like where i'm at with that right now but like leaving it up to just like meal by meal, trying to figure out like what you're going to have and then measuring out the cereal or measuring out the rice or whatever is like a pain in the butt. But, um, you know, the thing is too, is like 
when you're trying to accomplish a goal and like be it very intentional about it, you don't want to be like, oh, I'm going to try to do a body recomp and just try to do a body recomp for like six months and just not get there because you're not collecting any, any yeah, data guessing. because yeah, then you're guessing. So it's like, you know, if you could do it in six weeks because you're super logged in for that six weeks, then do it in the six weeks and like collect the data, be intentional about it, lock in. And then once you hit that goal, like you don't have to do it anymore. You can yeah. kind of, it's a lot easier to maintain what you have than to accomplish the goal, you know? And like, that's a problem that I ran into last summer when I did my first cut without tracking was I just wasn't eating enough. So then it was like my body fat percentage actually went up as the summer went on because my strength numbers continued to drop off. I wasn't eating enough and I started to lose muscle mass. So it's like, even though I was going down in weight, my muscle mass was dropping more than my body fat was dropping. So then it was like, went from like 12% to like 13%, even though I went from like 217 to 215, you know? So it's like, that was like a learning experience for me too, where it's like, I don't want to be doing a cut and just hoping I'm like doing hitting, right. yeah, ho yeah, hoping I'm doing it right. And like, oh, the scale's going down and like whatever. But it's like, you know, it's always a learning experience, right? But just being super intentional and dialed in for like four to six weeks is all I really need. Because like I said, like, I'm always like 30 days away from a cut or 30 days away from a bulk, you know, like at least like right now, you know, like I'm always pretty relatively lean, relatively big. I'm never like super, super skinny or like super overweight. So depends on the angle. Depends on the angle though. <laughs> it's true. Sometimes people do be doing me dirty. <laughs> Man, I look 300 pounds in this. <laughs> It's true though, dude. I had that one post of uh, you. We had the special, the the um, the magic spoon, dude. All right, that one was that bad one's too. Crazy, you yeah. Big as hell. Dude, the one. magic spoon, um, video, the uh, magic spoon photo <laughs> from the side. It's that side you, angle. You look so big, dude. And it's always when I'm holding food. <laughs> Then the one of me and Jordan at Nationals where oh, I'm, yeah, hold, yeah. I'm holding the double cheeseburger yeah. and it's from the side and then it shows the picture of me and Jordan from the front and I literally look like you super lost, like, like you lost. It could be a before and after yeah, photo. It's literally that. 20 minutes apart. Like, yeah, the it photo. looks like you lost 30 pounds. Yeah, in, photo, in the photos. It's crazy, but yeah, I mean that's why social media is deceptive too and stuff. You know, like even right now, like I made a post on it when I was in Mexico how like. You know, I was, like, at the beach and, like, on at the pool and stuff, and I don't feel, like, super confident right now. And I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not, not confident, but it's, like, every time I'm in that atmosphere where I'm, like, at a beach or at a pool or whatever, like, I'm usually, like, shredded for the summer. But this summer, I didn't do that because, like, I spent all summer bulking up to 2.30. I didn't want to cut back down to, like, where I was before. You know, I wanted to, like, maintain that weight for a year and then cut with the hopes of like cutting at a lighter weight and like being you know at my lower body fat percentage at a higher body weight and so kind of this summer I had to like suck it up and like if I went to the beach like I wasn't super diced or shredded or like you know in Mexico I wasn't like I didn't look impressive you know like at least in my standards I didn't but like, I mean, other people looking at me probably think like I'm in That's good shape. Crazy, you know I mean? crazy mindset differences there. I did, yeah. I went, when I was in Nashville, like we're at the hotel pool and I took my shirt off and I'm just looking around at like all like the middle-aged guys that like definitely haven't worked out in like 20 years. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I look pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I, was so like, I was like, in comparison to everyone else, 
Yeah. I look pretty good. Was it? Yeah. I wasn't like nearly as lean as I was by August. Like August, yeah. was, that one picture of me is crazy. You use it on all your nutrition posts. Oh but yeah, it was the like, one in the car. The one in the car, like I was like 183. I think was the lowest I got this summer, and I was. I'm 186 right now, and I I know like right now from seeing the before and after. Like that's why I'm like, oh, this stupid tummy. Like the three pounds, like I know exactly where it is. Yeah, yeah. But I, I mean, everyone has problem areas. Yeah. yeah. But before I was like 195, like not near, like not even close to where I was in August. Yeah. And I'm still looking around like, I definitely lift the most here. <laughs> so yeah. It's like I lift the most. Dude, that is so funny too because, uh, so you know, going to nationals and stuff like there's this like coaches convention at the at nationals like a couple of days before the meet where like all the coaches come in and like it's like free drinks and free food and everyone mingles like and so like i'm there right like i'm there hanging out with like all the coaches from all across the nation division two and um you know i'm probably the youngest coach in the room you know i'm 24 my first year like officially on the coaching staff and um I'm like looking around and it's like track and field too, you know? So it's like, you know, coach Wallen is probably like, like one of the biggest, like jet most jacked coaches. Right. And he's my coach. So it's like, I'm like looking around and I'm like, damn, like me and Wallen are definitely like the strongest coaches here. And then I like turn my corner and then there's this jacked coach. <laughs> that's like the multi coach from Azusa Pacific. And he's just like, the biggest dude I've ever seen in my life and he's lean too and looks like he could freaking like run like a 4-2 and I'm just like right as I said it it just like immediately got humbled <laughs> so I was like I was like man looking around like none of these people know who I am but like I could I'm definitely the strongest coach in this room and I saw him and I'm like never mind <laughs> never mind that's Thanos <laughs> yeah. like that's a big dude 